taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, 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 what's your boy T.O. as you know? It's your boy O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking fade podcast and one-stop shop for everything TV, meetup from related, along with any other goddamn thing you want to talk about coming to you live, direct, proof of concept studios, what in the fuck is up? Hey, yo, listen, uh, I, I want to get straight into the shit if you don't mind. Um, you know, usually when we open up these shows, we talk about, you know, like what, what did you watch this uh, last week and what are you interested in this week? All right, fuck last week, okay? Because uh, this week, there's some fire going on. There's some hot shit happening this week. Listen, we got uh, NFL is releasing their, the 2021 schedule tonight at 8 p.m. on, I believe, on like FS1 as well as the NFL Network. Um, I've been watching that new uh, anime on Netflix uh, featuring uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I believe it's called like uh, uh, Yasuke or something like that. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it is amazing. Uh, and you know, there's something I can't really get into details about, but I mean, you know, in the courtroom, your boy's like three and oh, so uh, it's been a great week for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, fair enough, man. Um, yeah, jumping into uh, jumping in with what we're talking about uh, for this week, next week. Um, so, uh, so I was actually right before we started, I was watching uh, Sergio recommend shout out to Serge. Um, he was recommending. Uh, that we check some things out. Uh, we're not going to go in depth tonight, but uh, but I was watching the the boy from Medellin. Um, so uh, it, it's basically you know uh, it's about this this artist who um, he uh, he's he's about to have this <clears throat> you know huge uh, concert. So uh, Jay uh, uh, Balvin, I don't know how to pronounce. It. Is it Balvin? Balvin? Um, sure. Bla- Balvin? Yeah, I think it's Balvin. Yeah, Balvin. Um, so basically, he he's getting ready for this huge concert, um, and there's all this sort of political stuff going on, out, you know, behind him uh, or behind or before the concert, uh, like just protests and these type of things. And so it was really this interesting conversation that was being had about, like, what's the responsibility of artists to speak about, you know. Um, uh, political issues you know if their lane is basically just making music um and that music is fairly um resigned to just talking about whatever shits on their mind instead of you know having to do with anything politically speaking like directly like how much responsibility do they actually have to, to actually comment on it um which i used to have a pretty hard line stance on it that it, it was their duty to talk about it but I don't know. Over the last few years, man, I think I'm I'm kind of like I think I flipped that a little bit. Maybe not completely, but at least somewhat. That I don't know if it's their I don't know if there's if they're if it's their responsibility to speak on political issues as they're happening. I think they can be powerful voices, but I don't think they owe it to anybody, you know, to speak on certain issues because it's like that's not what got them there. You know what I mean? Like it's like you know fucking a scientist winning like a Nobel prize for some science shit. And then people being like, yeah, but you know, uh, what do you think about the Kardashians? It's like, I don't fucking know. Like, why are you asking me about that? Like, that's not the thing that got me here, <laughs> you know, uh, t- t- terrible, uh, uh, example, but you, my point is still taken nonetheless. 
Yeah, yeah, I get the gist of it for sure. I mean, I think that like a lot of times what people forget is that celebrities, whether it's musicians, actors, you know, rappers, whatever the fuck they do for a profession, um, like they're just people at the end of the day, right? And they don't always have all the information or, you know, all the mm. facts of the situation. Uh, so they can't always comment um, when, you know, people expect them to comment just because they don't have all the information. And when you have that large of a platform, like, for example, I could post some shit on uh, Instagram today and let's say I'm wrong, right? I don't, I don't have all the information. So what I said or what I posted was wrong. The consequence for me is minimal. Right. I'm not going to lose a, a sponsorship deal or I'm not going to uh, get dropped from like a movie project or something like that. But the consequence for like a professional athlete or a musician or an actor is great consequences. You could end up losing, you know, millions of dollars because you said the wrong thing, not because you're a bad person, but just because you didn't have all the information. Um I know if I were, you know, uh, you know, some, if, if I were Jay Blavin or, you know, LeBron or fucking whoever, uh, you know, Tara Reid or Lindsay Lohan, I probably. <laughs> Why is that your, your go-to? It's either Tara Reid, Lindsay Lohan, uh, Ellen, or what was formerly Ellen Page. Uh, Elliot Page uh, and uh, Elliot fucking Page Brie and Larson. Brie yeah, Larson. Those are, those are uh, the only white women in Hollywood. I don't know. You know. <laughs> The only ones I like to shoot shots at, mm. um, you know, if I were any of these people, I would be very careful about what I say. And I would take the time to either make sure I'm 100 percent right or not say anything at all, because you will be attacked. Even if you're right about what you're saying, you will be attacked. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe I, I take a little bit of a different like stance like i think you can say whatever the fuck it is you want to say but i think it has to be true to you i think what where we go wrong is when we say somebody has to say something that's where i think yeah. is the error right because it's like yo, if i don't know some shit about something and somebody's like oh yeah this thing happened and then i speak on it like so for instance right um uh lebron tweeted about uh i think her name is makai bryant um that was that was uh, that happened in uh, the, she, she was shot and killed by a police officer in Ohio. Pretty much, yeah. it was the same day as the Derek Chauvin verdict. Um, yep. And then you know LeBron tweeted like, "Oh, like you're next." I guess talking about the cop, right? Now look, LeBron can tweet whatever the fuck he wants, right? But I, I think some of the problem is is that like, okay, that whole situation turned out to be a lot more complicated than just a straight like what we saw with george floyd and 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 uh derek chauvin um and i'm not saying you know right or wrong or whatever the case is but it, it ter clearly turned out to be a little bit more complicated than that right Definitely. Um, and so uh I, I think what happens is if you speak without actually knowing all the details well now that you know, if you were, if what you're saying is perceived to be wrong or misinformed, whatever the case is, well, now that's going, that's like a megaphone for your entire audience. And if you're a huge celebrity like LeBron is, like that's like a, a big thing to have happen. And I'm not, in LeBron, he's said and done many great things. And I'm not trying to say that he shouldn't use this platform. But, but what I am saying is, is that as, as the person, I think it should be your it's it's your own thing whether you decide to speak or not i don't think you should be forced into saying anything um i think that you can be like oh shit i don't know anything about this issue all right let me look into it and then let me let me speak about it um i think that's cool 
the one is just like, no, you must speak and you must speak now. You know, and just like, well, bitch, I didn't do any Googles yet. I don't know what's going on here, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, so I, I watched a minute. It's a pretty good documentary, man. Uh, and, and it really goes into like um, mental health as well, um, that that he he dealt with a lot of mental health. And, and like the, the, the craziness of celebrity, dude, that like you can go from just being a Joe Blow trying to make it to like everybody knowing your name, wanting to take pictures and shit everybody wanting a piece of you and, and like how you retain like yourself and all that is the biggest mystery to me, man. I have no desire for fame. I want money, uh, uh, as well as, you know, uh, I think credit to some degree, you know, I want to create something that, that does get credited as like, Oh, Hey, this is a significant thing, but I don't want fame. You know, people who desire to be like famous, I will never understand. I will never understand that. Cause it seems like, it's, yeah, I was actually having a conversation about this with somebody like recently and I was, you know, I said pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, the, uh, I, I, no matter what happens in life, I wouldn't be able to walk down the street and, you know, to not be like followed or like taken or photographed or, and, and harassed or like, just like, you know, so I always have to carry like a gun on me or travel with security. Like, I do not want that at all. Yeah. I've never wanted that. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, and I brought up like Elon Musk. I'd rather be like, you know, rich, like Elon Musk, you know, for creating something no, he, and like too, having a, some type of legacy. He's so rich that he can't not help but be famous. And also to use it True, outspoken. But, but I, I, I genuinely believe that a lot of people, if like Elon Musk would be walking down the street, even if he just had like a hat on, a lot of people probably wouldn't recognize him. That's fair. So, I mean, like he has some... I would imagine he has some freedoms. If he's walking down the streets in uh, fucking Glen Burnie, I mean, I doubt many people would recognize Elon Musk. So he has those freedoms. Like, but he also has done something incredible and has, you know, will leave a legacy when his time comes. Um, that's pretty cool. I don't want the like, you know, can't walk down the street type yeah, of he, he fame. He probably wasn't fortune. the best person because he he definitely like he, he whenever he talks he just fucking causes like a firestorm. But I get what you mean True. in terms of like yeah. you know uh, um, wanting wanting to the, all the things that come with being rich, but just not the actual celebrity part of of uh of being famous uh but anyways uh this is the, the boy exactly. from Medellin, um really good documentary i haven't i'm actually at like the last bit of it um but from from everything that i've seen so far it's 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 a, it's a really good uh kind of meditation on on uh those those topics also uh, we found it this week man uh benifer is back is it benifer or yeah benifer uh, yep jafflik I don't know. No, no, no. Definitely that? not that. <laughs> Definitely not that. 100% not that. Benefit um, is back. Hey, man, oh, yeah, listen, no. shout out to that, that boy, Ben. Guy. He's, uh, you know, <laughs> he's been, he, you know, he's been, he's been, he's been moving around. Is uh, one way to put it. Yeah, I don't, I don't give you him, uh, him as much credit as you, you might give him. I mean, look, he ran it back he's with J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. Um, and you know what's crazy? Like, like I, I remember the whole like Ben Affleck, Jennifer Aniston, yeah, no, uh, sorry, like uh, Jennifer Lopez in thing. Like a, in a, in a, um, I think one of her music, music videos, videos or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Uh, ben, ben, but ben, I remember, ben. I remember when that whole thing happened, right? And uh, it, it was like a like a huge like when they dubbed him Benifer and whatnot. That was seventeen years ago. Fuck, yo, we're old. Seventeen, fuck, yo. Dude. Old as a motherfucker. Holy shit. 
We still remember Benefer. That's how old we are. We remember the volume one. <laughs> yeah. Of um, so, you know, I, I'm going to give a, so again, you know, uh, uh, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez backdating after 17 years. This is uh, following uh, Jennifer Lopez's recent uh, what separation from you know, baseball yeah. legend uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, A-Rod. Um, I, I think he was doing some like, you know, dirtbag shit, as he always does. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> one, th- one, th- one thing you got to respect is Jennifer Lopez's like, you know, bounce back game. Like, she's just like, yo, yo uh, she, remember back in the day when she was with day. Diddy? Yo, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, so she was with, um, you know, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, um, and then he, you know, got that, like, uh, this is back when he had, Shine was, like, one of the top rappers in the rap game, and he caught, like, a gun charge for a nightclub shooting, and I think Jennifer Lopez was in the car with Diddy at the time. That whole thing happened. She's like, yo, this is going to fuck up my image. I'm out. Bam. I'm about to go fuck with uh, yo, Ben Affleck. Yo, we are going to talk about that a little later in terms of, yo, what happens, like, if somebody that you're close to gets jammed up, like, what's the play? Like, especially when you're famous, like, I don't, I don't really give her credit for just piecing out because it's like, all right, when everything is cool, you're like, are right, you with it? But then when, when shit goes south and it's like, you get low. Oh, no, fam. Oh, no. no I mean, like, that wasn't her, like. You know, she was just like, yo, you guys are, this is gun shit. Somebody got murdered. Like, I'm, I'm out. I, I get that. Yeah, it wasn't like um, Diddy murdered anybody. Though. I mean, I'll do Now, if she He's did the shooting, if she did the shooting, I would be like, all right, you know, you just going to dip. That's one thing. But she was just like, yo, this is just like not my cup of tea. And also, yeah, it's going to fuck up my image. I'm trying to get some bread. This is going to fuck up my money. I'm out. I don't blame her for that. Okay. Um, well, but I think we'll after see, that, we'll see if you keep that same energy later on when we, when we discuss certain things. Okay. Very okay. interesting divorce that happened very publicly this past week that I want to talk about and not Bill and Melinda Gates. No, nobody gives a shit about that. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, so again, after Diddy, I think she went on date Ben. She dated Ben Affleck for a while. After Ben Affleck, there was, um, you know, uh, she dated uh, Mark, Mark, uh, who's that? Um, the Latin singer. Mark Anthony. Fucking Mark Anthony. And after Mark Anthony, most recently, Alex Rodriguez. And like within two, I think it's like two or three weeks after her and Alex Rodriguez had announced their separation. Drake in there? Wasn't, it, wasn't Drake tossed up in there? Yeah, I think, I think there was Drake at Briefly? a point in time. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, most recently, Alex Rodriguez, after they announced their split, she was uh, you know, uh, taking a trip with uh, Ben Affleck. I think they were spotted in like Montana or something like that. And now mm-hmm. all this news is coming out about how she's always had an affinity for him and he was her biggest heartbreak. And she's always kind of like wanted to rekindle that romance. And Jesus apparently, like Alex Rodriguez was like, uh, yeah, she said that in an interview like a long, a long time ago that like the that was like the most challenging. The biggest heartbreak was watching Giggly. That's that's what the biggest heartbreak yeah, was. Yeah, that was uh, fucking <laughs> terrible, that heartbreak. Sitting through that um, movie was the biggest heartbreak. Yeah, dog shit, that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, you know, Ben Affleck, again, he's, you know, he's he's done some things. There's Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Garner, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Ana de Armas. Um, you know her. She, I think she's in like the new upcoming Bond movie. Yeah, I think she was in yeah. uh she was in Blade Runner too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, uh she was in um what was that movie with Dave Batista, um like Hotel Artemis. I think she was she might have been in that too. Maybe I mean Batista um, was also in uh, um, Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, again, back uh back with Jennifer Lopez. Uh he's had a uh he he loves the Jennifers. Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Lopez. 
I'm sure there's another Jennifer he, in there somewhere. What he needs to do is get back in love with his fucking career. All right. Get back to playing Batman. We need, we need, we need sober Ben. All right. <laughs> stop all, stop all this fucking foolishness, Ben. Let's get back to fucking work here. All right. Let's start making some goddamn hits. Yeah. When was, now, when granted, was his, last, his last couple of when, films when have been hits? decent. Ben Affleck. When, when, when was the last hit? I don't remember the last uh, hit from his me. his last like great movie. Yeah, uh, awesome. Triple Frontier. I thought he was really good in Triple, Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. That's offensive. What you just said right now. That's what? blasphemous. Are you fucking? You didn't like him, him in Triple Frontier? No, 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 no. I said when was Ben's last hit? All right. Triple Frontier was not a hit even by any <laughs> by nobody's stretch of the imagination. Did you ever see the Way Triple Back? Frontier hit. I didn't see the Way Back. I didn't see the Way Back. Mm, no. Okay. Uh, well, in my opinion, Triple Frontier was a great movie. The That's Accountant preposterous. Uh, in 2016. Just, we were arguing before the podcast. You just say things that are just so wildly preposterous. Bro, go you go back. And, with the so, so, so we did That's a review crazy. of that film on this podcast. Movie. Go back and watch my review. I said the same thing I'm saying now. I thought Triple Frontier was a great movie. And I thought Ben Affleck was really good right in that movie. Preposterous. That's my opinion. Holy it's my shit. opinion. Take it or leave it. I, I loved it. I also, <laughs> I also thought he was really good in the accountant. He was really good in. Um, I I enjoyed Batman versus Superman. Thought he was good there, um, yes. and his his portrayal of Batman in uh, the yeah. Justice League movie. Weird, I thought he enough, did well there too. I'm going to agree with you. I, I I don't think he actually did a bad or he had a bad turn as Batman. But again, the actual I'm saying like, what was the last bona fide Ben Affleck hit? Where okay, you can you can argue. Uh, what was the movie that he did? Uh, Gone Day Girl in 2014. Gone Girl. That was the last one. The the it's, town. It's been, it's been almost. The t- well, the town was before that, right? The town was like 2010. The town was 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was that was. I'm saying the last hit was uh, was Gone Girl. That was 20. What you said 2013. Well, I mean, I guess technically well, the almost, last hit was Justice well, League, like, which came out in 2021. The Snyder Cut. Hit? But I mean, no, no. Even even by. HBO standards, it failed. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't didn't do it so well. Okay. In HBO my opinion, well. Ben Affleck's last hit was Triple Frontier, and that was 2019. But sure, we'll go back to um, Gone Girl, which was 2014. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, enough of Benefer. Um, uh, look, uh, in other news, man, Ellen DeGeneres, man, after 19 seasons, he's calling it quits. Look, uh, uh, if she thought she was going to escape this whole thing unscathed, you know, then uh, this is what I got to say to her. Delusions. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, it she she came like out she's leaving at a convenient time. No, that's not a convenient time. They're forcing her out. They're saying, "Look, man, ain't nobody watching your goddamn show. Everybody fucking hates you now." <laughs> All right, Get the fuck off. Yeah, that, that that's <laughs> what I mean. Like convenient for everybody. Like I think after the whole allegations came out that like she's you know a terrible fucking boss and she's like actually not the you know friendly kind person she portrays herself to be. Uh, you know, a year later, she announces this will be her last season. I think ratings took a downturn. Her image took a downturn. And also, like, uh, for example, you know, I, I remember when uh, uh, Jeff Bezos stepped down as like Amazon CEO or something like that. And people were um, up in arms about it. Like, oh, you know, like he's running and hiding from the media and, you know, he's, uh, you know, escaping accountability and like he's just doing this to, you know, to to ride off into the sunset with his riches no no matter how much damage amazon has done right and and sure all of that may be true same thing may be true for ellen degeneres but like after 
Ben Aff, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos was CEO of Amazon for 27 years. I'd fucking hang it up too. Like he has, he has more money than he'll never need. I'd, I'd hang it up too. Ellen DeGeneres, after 19 seasons of doing the same show, um, I could imagine it gets repetitive. And, and she's, you know, she issued a statement. I believe she said she was like always trying to challenge herself, and she's looking for the next challenge. And she decided to hang it up after 19 seasons. I'd do it too. Yeah, so I've heard of something else. Fair enough, but there's no doubt that if what happened last year didn't happen. Um, we clearly would not be having this conversation. Like, uh, I feel like she's jumping to early retirement because not because she is just like, oh man, I'm tired of this. I think it's, it's simply because, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and also too, like, you know, all those things that came out last year about like, um, you know, how she reacted to the pandemic and how she's like, I'm in jail in my mansion. <laughs> right in her now. sprawling mansion. I'm not sure if you ever if you've ever seen her mansion, but it is insane. Yeah. Um remember that episode where she had like a um, who's the, the Kardashian mom, Chris Jenner on? And they, they were both so she had Chris Jenner on the show and it was like an hour of them just talking about how big their houses are. Um she was like, oh, like she had Chris Jenner over for one weekend for like a weekend and Chris Jenner ended up staying like the week. And Ellen was like, oh, I didn't even know you were still there. Like, <laughs> that is how big her house is. Someone, there was someone living in her home for a week. She had no idea they were still there. The house is so big. Sure. It, it, like, there's like s- separate like security alarms for like the different wings. It's like, oh, you're over in the West yeah. Wing. Okay, I never go over there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's over there. I haven't been there in three years. House is so sold it, fucking to be honest. big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh is that i didn't know they finished construction on that wing yeah. how is it <laughs> you gotta ask that's when your you know your house is big when you ask someone else how it is like no, did no, you, you is you it nice that, over there i know your house is big when you're like what's the zip code over there I, I gotta, yeah. I, so, I that is that still in calabasas <laughs> technically no oh. oh it's in san where, where san whatever the fuck there's too many sands in california i couldn't even think of one on the fly um all right man um okay uh other things this week man we got spiral coming out um uh with chris rock of course his take on Soul. yeah uh i don't know man I, i'm hearing weird things about not weird things but i'm hearing like oh like people aren't sure, really sure what to sort of make of it so uh, i probably won't go to theaters to see it but uh but I, I would watch it if it you know eventually makes its way to on the man um uh, that's another thing about getting vaccinated, man. I still don't have a desire to like go back to the movies. I don't know why. Like, I, I don't know if it's just like a fear of movie theaters or I just don't like until fucking like Dune comes out. I just don't see anything. The only other thing may be the Green Knight, I, I think, which we're going to talk about that trailer later on in the podcast. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a deep desire to uh, to, to hop back into the, the, the theaters. Um, so I will not be starting that with Spiral. Uh, and then also Those Who Wish Me Dead, um, Angelina Jolie, that's coming back. Uh, that's coming out in theaters this week. Next week, what we have to look forward to, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's uh, uh, zombie epic uh, starring one Dave Batista and other people who I could easily look up, but I'm not going to. Uh, Ghost is in there. Netflix. Oh, yeah. Mari Hardwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, who we're going to talk about just here in here one sec. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what's, uh, happening next week. Uh, you got anything else for, uh, either this week? Bro, or listen, I, listen, I gave you my answer at the beginning as, as I opened <laughs> up the show. Listen, I don't give a fuck about what happened last week. Uh, next week doesn't really give a shit. Only thing that matters is this week and this Fair week, enough. 
uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I think they literally just released the full schedule too. Uh, yep, yeah, they did. Uh, fucking fantastic. Yep. Yeah, that's it for me. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so you know. Uh, you know, we live in this world of anticipation, right? We're anticipating things, right? You know, some other people who anticipate things, man, people who like drugs, right? The anticipation from one hit to the other. That's what people like, man. So, uh, we had an interesting conversation this past week, man. Um, we were trying to figure out what we talk about for the show. Uh, and, uh, were you going to say something? No, you know, I was going to say one of the great things about this podcast is like, even though Tunde and I coordinate the shows uh, beforehand, uh, there are times where I don't know what the fuck we're about to talk about. And this is one of them. So I'm just I'm anticipating this conversation, too. I don't know where you're going with this. We talked about it a whole two days ago. Anyways. OK. Did we? Um, listen? I don't remember two days ago. All right. Much drugs I do. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, allegedly. Um, <laughs> this is the one way to get away with it. Allegedly. <laughs> exactly. Right? Listen, allegedly, if you're ever in a bind. Stole that laptop computer. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> if you're ever in a bind and you need to like back your way out of a situation, just say it was a, like allegedly it happened. Where I was speaking figuratively <laughs> and then it's no longer admissible in court. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another good one, too. Gotta um, keep that one in the back pocket. <laughs> so, look, man, uh, we were getting into a conversation and we were talking about, uh, look, um, originally it was power versus the wire versus uh, Snowfall, right? Uh, I did not watch Snowfall for, let's, so let's just cut that off the list there, right? Never watched an episode, so so couldn't tell you, right? Uh, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, right? But I have watched a pretty hefty amount of the wire, um, and I did watch all of Power. Now, the conversation is, what was the better drug dealing uh, uh, TV show? Was it Power or was it The Wire? The Wire, some consider to be one of the greatest shows ever made. I hear no such conversations happening about Power, but fair enough. All right. We're still going to have a conversation about the two. So uh, let, let's let's chop it up real quick, man. Let's really settle the fucking score here. What was the better drug dealing show, Power or The Wire? Boom. All right. First, I feel like we should lay down the ground rules. What the fuck qualifies as a better drug dealing show? What's your take? Mm. What, what would constitute as the better? What, what would make a better drug dealing show than from one show to the other? So I think like, like you know, the, the nature of like when we call it a drug dealing show, right? That is the nature of what the characters in the show do right? Do for a living. That is the nature of uh, the lifestyle and the environment that they live within. And then the story is told within the nature of that environment, right? Um, So for me, the show, while they may be drug dealers, right? The show has to have a story and it has to follow a storyline. And throughout the storyline, there has to be character development. From beginning to end, I want to see characters develop and grow and change and learn and fail and win and and all of those things, right? And then at the end of the story, at the very last episode, I want there to be some type of closure, uh, you know, and and the story, at least at that point, to be complete. Um, For me, I think that is what, and and then through through it all, I want like the the thing, the reason I came to watch the show, and you know, I want like them being drug dealers and in this amazing, crazy lifestyle. I want that to be an integral part of the story too. Like, um, you know, the 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 escaping from the police, the like selling the drugs and not getting caught, and and all of the madness and craziness and like theatrics and dangerous uh, lifestyle that comes with it. I, I need that to be as uh, somewhat of a character in and of itself. 
th- those are like my my you know the pillars that I that I raise when I, I'm elevating one show above another. Okay. Um, look, mine was a little bit more simple. I think it's the depiction of drug selling, right? Like the actual act of selling drugs. Like how realistic is that? To, uh, you know that that would you know help me categorize that as either better or worse um, from one show to the other. And then um, entertainment factor. Uh, is it just an entertaining show, you know? Um, and then two, just like a little bit of an X factor, right? Do they do some things that are a little off schedule, you know, that are are, are, are different from what other shows have, have, have done? Um, and so starting there, um, look, I, I, would, I would submit to you that the better show in this situation uh, to me, it was the wire. Look, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna hide that. I'm gonna say that up front. <laughs> and it's not even to me, it's not even close. It, it's, it's not even remotely close, right? Um, I'll give you my first reason: um, the depiction of drug selling, right? While power uh, is always sure to make Ghost, Tommy, or whoever feel like like they're the they're the bosses, right? Like they're the they're the people, right? None of it was really like realistic, at least by my estimate. Look. Never sold any drugs in my life, but I would have to assume that every night you're not fucking, uh, like, you know, like in the first episode of power, you're not fucking, um, cuffing people and like and putting fucking sacks or shit over their heads and then fucking shooting. Like, I don't feel like that's happening every night, but what is definitely happening every night is, uh, people just on the street fucking wheeling and dealing, man. Um, uh, much like they are in, uh, you know, in, um, the wire, you know, uh, especially in that first season, you know, where you get to see, you know, how the drug game goes uh, in uh, the low rises, right? Um, that you know, there's they've got their crew, you know, you've got the different hierarchy within that crew, and then you got the people who are actually selling the drugs, and you see like the people who are buying the drugs, right? Like those are all like it shows you the entire process, and in a very realistic, it's, it's actually I think quoted at like a, a lot of um. I guess uh, police officers or, or people who are in that world have been like, yo, that's like, it's like mad fucking accurate in terms of the depiction of literally, you know, what we're here for, which is, you know, the, the drug dealing. Um, and so uh, by my estimation, I feel like that that's it's coming out on top of that. What do you what, what say you? So I don't think that is a that's a easily comparable thing between the two shows. Right. Uh, because power. I'm sorry. The Wire showed a lot of like the low level drug dealing, like the, you know, a lot of those kids were like, you know, street peddlers, right? They were, they had that neighborhood, they had the towers, and they were selling drugs hand to hand. Um, And then came, you know, but like you have, uh, who was the, like the boss, the boss guy? um, Avon Barstale, Barstale and you had, um, uh, not Omar, the, uh, the guy with the scar on his, not, that is Omar. Yeah, no. So that's Omar. Who's the other, the young kid who came in, who was like kind of took over, uh, the the like the neighborhood. His cousin. Like, no, like the the young kid who kind of came in and 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 started running shit. You Dude, me. you're watching the show now. The, so yeah, there was I'm Avon. Like, yeah. Are you talking? And then who was the other guy? About? Throughout the uh, like like three through. Fuck, I I'm gonna have to, to look to this up. Yeah, yeah, I can't speak to that. I'm gonna have to look this up in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was Avon, right? There was Stringer Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a uh, Marlo. Come on, dude. How do you not know Marlo? Let's, I watched the show I like last year. Is it? Is it? Is it? What season? Oh is that shit! It? Ooh, I might not you haven't gotten to Marlo. I haven't gotten. Ooh, okay. <laughs> 
Um, so you have uh, the street peddlers, which a lot of the show focuses on that. Then you have like the bigger guys, right? You have Avon, you have Stringer Bell. And then later on in um, several seasons, Marlo comes in and things kind of change, right? Um, you know, Marlo and Avon, like they, they're, they're distributors, right? They, they're, they're the connect. They're the ones who like get the drugs in large uh, uh, quantities. And then from there, it's distributed out through, uh, through different mechanisms throughout the city. Um, Power focuses more on Ghost and Tommy as like the biggest distributors in New York City. It doesn't focus so much on like the low level street peddling. It focuses more on how the like the these large distributors operate their network. So it's really focusing on like the high level of drug dealing, not the day to day hand to hand shit. So it's not like a one to one comparison. And I, I like power for that reason. It's focusing on like, you know, dealing drugs is not just like, you know, hand to hand selling. It's like it really is a large industry. I mean, it's a, it's a global, international, multi-billion dollar yearly or daily industry. Um, and how do you operate that across an entire city? That's what Ghost and, Ghost and Tommy were doing. Right. Uh, so a fair question would be like, okay, just off of the top of your mind, what were Ghost and Tommy like outside of you know, and you say that their game wasn't necessarily being just distributors, but maybe being high level boss. But like, what else did they do other than distribution? Though? Like, take away the, all the glitz and glamour of whatever crazy, wacky shit that Goose found himself in this week. Like, what was mm-hmm. the actual thing outside of distributing that, like, like, so for instance, like, um, they weren't the connect that they would be working essentially for the connect right like that they would get the drugs in they were essentially at the same level as like avon barksdale but what what i i think what i'm trying to convey is, is that avon's situation is much more realistic than ghost and 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 tommy right it was much more i feel like accurate depiction of what somebody at that level would would be like sure ghost and tommy they do a lot of crazy shit tommy murdered fucking like half the city and never no cops ever came knocking on his fucking door saying hey tommy uh you killed like half the city we're here to take you to jail now um uh take away all that shit and what's left i feel like is just like it's not a very accurate depiction of how all of that kind of transpires but like i remember you know uh in the beginning of the second season avon's in jail and he's trying to establish like a new connect right and so he's like all right i know these people from down in atlanta look string i need you to go down there and talk to them for me real quick right and it wasn't like this big glitzy glamoury thing it was just like they went down there i forget exactly who the people were but they went down there he talked to them a little bit and then they end up dissolving the relationship because the cops were a little too hot like it was just like it, it wasn't again as glitzy and glamoury as, as as power but i feel like much more accurate much more in line with what reality most likely is i'm sure both are fantastical in in that sense but the wire is just much more down to earth and like realistic you know see i that's where i would disagree i think uh avon barksdale would have like worked for tommy and ghost right um they would have controlled like baltimore city uh being like a smaller city um whereas you know ghost and tommy they would have ran uh, distributions and operations throughout the state of Maryland, or just like the DC, Maryland, Virginia, um, you know, corridor, right? Uh, so, but, but, they, uh, again, wait, I, but, they, but they didn't even they didn't even do that in in power though, because didn't they? Um, wasn't it that there were like a bunch of different 
people like uh, and like I remember in like some of like the earlier seasons, didn't they? Because they, they had issues with like other territories within New York City itself. Right? Yeah. And then like they so ultimately they didn't, even, they didn't even like run everything in New York. They ultimately took over a lot of that territory. But again, New York City, um, they were Ghost and Tommy were the largest distributors in all of New York City. Right. Uh, all, all of New York, actually. Uh, even out to like some of the more like outer boroughs uh, that is the equivalent of distributing, you know, across all of the state of Maryland, whereas Avon Barksdale and Stringer Bell, they were just, uh, um, you know, like the main distributors in like Baltimore city. Right. So if you look at it comparatively, I think Avon would have worked for Tommy and Ghost as their Baltimore distributors. What does that have to do with the, like the realistic depiction of the actual business though? Yeah. So the realistic depiction for me is like, you know, Ghost and Tommy, they essentially operated as like upper level management, right? They were like the CEOs or the president of like, you know, the company, right? Tyson's Chicken is one of the largest, largest chicken distributors in the country. You know, they were a CEO of a major corporation, you know, to the liking of like a, you know, a Tyson's Chicken or you know, whatever other general mills or whatever. Right. Um, so what they did on a daily basis, they handled, uh, they handled the business of drug dealing, right. Not selling drugs itself, but the business of drug dealing, right. Um, logistics, they handled operations, personnel management. Sometimes people had to go, sometimes new people came in, uh, they handled, uh, you know, uh, trafficking right you know like how do i how do i get my product from point a to point b um how do i network with the police and that's like some of the political stuff that happened uh throughout you know uh, those are all things those are all things that avon did though yeah but i'm uh, you know ghost and tommy did it at a higher level they were by the end of uh, power ghost was fucking with politicians right uh ghost had police officers the whole thing about the wire is dealing with politicians is it not (laughs) At least the, the, the dealing with watching. dirty cops, not yeah. and, and then like a dirty mayor, right? But like a you know Tommy or Ghost was fucking with the senator. Um, wait, what, what senator was he fucking with? Hold on, let's. Well, he had the Democratic him. National Party backing him, despite knowing that like this guy might be into some yeah, shady okay. shit. Fair enough. Let, let's move on. I I will still maintain that the wire is much more accurate in its depiction because it's way more toned down and is less glitzy. I feel like as power sort of got on here, ghost was dealing with senators, but like it, it was all just to serve the myth of ghost, which, yeah. you know, I feel like that was less, less accurate. So I, in its depiction. I'll wrap up but, by saying this. I, I think for, I think for some people, why it may seem more accurate is because like, you know, the, the drug industry and drug dealing is seen as this like dirty, um, you know, street level, like underground thing where people are selling crack cocaine on the side of the street and whatnot. That's what it seems like, like on the surface. Right. But there's actually a very large global uh, international business and network behind it where, you know, a lot of these top level drug dealers and not in movies, in real life um, distributors, they're, they're, operating as ceos of like major corporations they're operating as like an elon musk as a uh, jeff bezos like the the business is that big and you have to make partnerships and handle things as if you were a ceo of a publicly traded company and that's what ghost and tommy were doing right so to me that's a more realistic depiction right but but again like everything that you just said wasn't necessarily about the accurate depiction of it it was more about the idea that okay if you're the you know if you're in charge of this territory or whatever, then you're a CEO. 
uh, you can be the CEO of a company, but not like, you know, uh, be jet setting and shit like that. And and what I would argue is, is that more often than not, a lot of these people aren't living that lifestyle because they know that that's kind of how you get jammed up more often than not is if you're living this sort of like lavish lifestyle where you're fucking, you know, you're like, royalty. I'm not saying that can't happen. Right. But I'm saying that the, the more more often than not, probably the more accurate depiction of somebody like that would probably be more close to like an Avon Barksdale where he, he like he, he like he essentially didn't um, he didn't he wasn't glitzy and glamoury. Right. It was it was kind of like he took the kind of like the Frank Lucas approach. Uh, right. Where where he wasn't out there fucking flaunting and doing all this, all this, all this shit. He was mainly just kind of like within himself. Right. Um, and he was he outsmarted everybody, you know, for the most part. Um, again, uh, uh, so for so much as as I've watched the show. Um, but moving on, um, the entertainment factor of the show. Um, I feel like the the entertainment factor of the show, um, I would have to give to. I would have to give to the the power, but with a really big caveat, right? Um, I feel like power was much more entertaining, but ultimately empty, which I discount it because ultimately like what did, like what, like you tell me what was, what was like the point to power? Like, uh, like if you were to sum it up in just like one or two sentences, what's like, what is your takeaway from power? What did you get from that? Hmm. I think, I, I really do think power at the end of the day was a story about like love and friendship. Right. And because it didn't really matter what Tommy and ghost did for a living, even if they like, even if the show, like, the nature of their work was something else, I think uh, their relationship, right. Their friendship is kind of like what held this thing together. Um, some of the struggles that they had, you know, as friends and you know, people who love one another and Tommy's, uh, falling out of love with his wife, Tasha, and falling in love with Angela and all of the good and bad decisions that were made, uh, sorry, uh, Ghost, and all of the um, good and bad decisions that were made around that, I think like that was at the core of the show. Like, um, uh, you know, love and friendship and, and loss and, and struggle and the complexities of, you know, doing all of these things while like trying to run a business, which, you know, is in the business of drug dealing. Right. Um, so what I took away from power is uh, the idea of I, I feel like the, the the one relationship that was always at the center of of the show was Ghost and Tommy. Right. Like that. that you could argue Angela, too, but I feel like Angela is more of a vehicle than the actual driving impetus for the show that it really is about Tommy and uh, Angel was used as a wedge between Tommy and Ghost right? that if she never really came back into the picture pretty much everything would have been kind of going, you know, ho-hum with, with Tommy and, and, and Ghost as, as it always had been before then. And Ghost's desire to get away from that life, quote unquote, right? But what I feel like the show did like wrong in the end though, is it like you get to the end of the show and like all those things that you talked about of love, of all this other stuff, like what did it like where did it all end up? <laughs> uh, to, uh, go or um, yeah, Tommy was still they, him and Ghost were pretty much still at odds uh, by the end of the show. Uh, Angela had died. There's really no real like resolution to that. Um, uh, Ghost basically he was at odds. Well, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched the show. Uh, his his son ends up fucking taking a shot at him right um, uh, at the end. Tasha hated him at the end. So it's like, there's no, any, there's no like resolution. That's why I'm saying it's like, it's empty. <laughs> like for all those things that you were saying that it's about, 
it there was nothing really to like you know um to come from it so i would say it's the more entertaining show but still empty at the end of the day um, uh so i don't know like I, I would have to disagree because like you, you have to look at what happened with power right it was so entertaining there's so much story still to be told that they have three spinoffs right there's power book two um which is Tariq's story is power book right. three that's happening and then tommy also has his mm. own spinoff coming up why because there's so much story to be told Dude, um, the walking I, dead I, has about nine thousand spinoffs and uh not one of them shits is good uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched like power. I've watched. <laughs> I've watched power. So, so have you finished power? Have I finished power? Yeah. Yeah. So you finished power. I've watched mm-hmm. Power Book Two. Really good show. Uh, Tommy's show, like I'm highly, highly anticipated no, no, show. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, is that like you were saying that oh, because it, like it's like justification, right? Like because it got no, 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 I, no. I'm, I'm not saying that power was good because they have spinoffs. I'm saying that uh, the story was so good that not only did viewers want to see these spinoffs happening and the spinoffs have been successful. Um, it, it, it is not, be- it's because of the stories because of the, like well, the, the character development that people want to see what happens with these characters. Um, well, I, I, I feel I like you're, you're going to feel differently at the end of the wire. That differently than what? Uh, also, how are we even having this conversation if you haven't finished the wire? Oh, because uh, for for one, because it's it's you know, and the thing that that's like the biggest impetus for this is that uh, people have the conversation that the wire is among one of the greatest TV shows of all time. So that's really what even got me interested in even watching the show in the first place. So they put it on the same pedestal as Breaking Bad, as The Sopranos, as uh, Mad Men, right? All these shows. Not one goddamn person do I hear having the same conversation about power. So when you say, oh, like, you know, power is one of the best shows out and, and then we compare it to The Wire, um, that's that's a big mystery to me. Um, and then also, too, I think I've watched enough of The Wire to at least form have, a, have an opinion about the show in and of itself. Even if I don't know the entire story, um, I can still form an opinion uh, based off of, especially when it comes to like the idea of drug dealing, right? Like we can, I can have that conversation without watching all the seasons. I feel like. To be honest, I, so I've, I've seen most of the Sopranos. I don't think Sopranos is that good of a show. Like I stopped watching it, um, you know, maybe like <laughs> towards right. the, towards the, the, the last five, few seasons. That, that's, a, um, that's another conversation we can have, but okay. Uh, you know, I, just I like people know. say the Godfather one is like the greatest movie of all time. I watched it. No, it's not. You know, like, I, I think um, just like, just because, uh, uh, you know, the Sopranos kind of lived off of the, um, the, 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 the love and the romanticism of like it, Italian mafia. Um, but I don't uh, think it was enough, that great of a show. Weirdly enough, I, I think that you might be actually like specifically wrong on that because it was actually its inversion of all those same tropes that. I think people really love the Sopranos, right? So instead of having this really sort of like um, masculine, like fucking just, you know, uh, this guy's, oh, he's so fucking hard and he's, you know, he's, he's so tough. You hear you had a Tony Soprano who, you know, the big thing about the show was that he was going to therapy. You know, um, and he wasn't this fucking, I mean, he, he was a psychopath, but um uh, that was like the big draw for the show, though, that this, you know, uh, this this gangster, you know, was was in therapy trying to like work out his issues and shit. Um, yeah, but it's still so, the Italian. He still ran the Italian mob or mafia. Right. Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm saying and, the reason why was the, like the reason why the people the, the reason why people like the show, it wasn't 
uh, it wasn't just because he was, uh, it was the Italian yeah, mafia. Look, it was I actually- get that. But the big part of this, the Soprano show, uh, I mean, people love the complexity of the character, Tony Soprano. They loved how he could be this, uh, you know, menacing mob boss at the same time. Uh, but at the same time, he was also someone who was like highly uh, complicated and he was like going to therapy and he had anxiety issues and he had, um, you know, and he sought help, which is not something you'd expect from a mob boss. Right. But at the end of the day, The Sopranos was about this guy who was a mob boss and all of the inner workings of the Italian mafia, um, mm-hmm. which was, you know, in, in New York in the 70s, it was just like an incredible thing that was going on there, right? And was, I do feel like it kind of... It was in like the 2000s. <laughs> um, no, when the, uh, when the, the, when Julie, when uh, Rudy Giuliani, like was the DA for the, uh, uh, what, what was it called? What was the case called for the Italian mafia in New York? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, the fucking, so Rudy Giuliani was the lead prosecutor on like that huge uh, Italian what is basically Rudy Giuliani like was the lead lawyer when the uh, uh, New York City what, Southern District Office took down the Italian mafia. It was the so lead like, what I'm trying to say is like what is like what is what is the what is the connection here? Um, uh, the, the story is like you know people just love the Italian mafia story. That's why Goodfellas is such a great movie. That's why I mean that Goodfellas is but like that's why movies like the Goodfellas, um, Casino, uh, Godfather, Sopranos. People um, people just like genuinely generally love those things, um, and I feel like that's kind of what propped up the Sopranos. But to me, it wasn't that great of a show. Yeah. And I would put power on my list before I put the Sopranos on my list. No, obviously, uh, obviously speaking, you are a very yeah. huge advocate for, for power. Let's get to, let's finish this conversation about the power and the wire though. I don't know how we got wrapped up in Sopranos, but, uh, so, uh, look, I, and here's like the X factor for me, right? Um, it, it, it honestly, it isn't so much an advocation for the wire so much as as it's something that i I just think goes against uh power is that look uh and i I said this before many times and i'll say it again look the the whole premise for power not not the whole premise but like the whole idea for the show power is is that look uh ghost is going to get everybody out of some complicated craziness and because he's you know just that much smarter than everybody right but it's the, the whole thing could be just really solved with communication right that it it really isn't like there are just so many avenues for the show where it's just like we wouldn't have there wouldn't be a complication here if you just tell that person right over there what the fuck you're doing right and then we don't have like an issue where i whereas i think for a show like the wire it's just it's so many interwoven um 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 angles and um and um who am the word i'm looking for um so so many different interests involved right that that the reason why we have conflict is because everybody's con uh, everybody's interest seem to be in conflict with each other whereas power uh i don't really see that i just see people being really pissed at ghost because he didn't tell them something was fucking happening and then them doing something reckless because of that uh it's not because their interests don't necessarily align with ghost um, at, at least not for the most part, right? There, there are some avenues, like you could argue Ghost wanted to get out of the drug game and, you know, they just kept pulling them back in. So there you can say, but like for the most part, all the fucking entertaining shit with power can really just be solved by Ghost telling people what the fuck he's doing. And really that's my biggest knock on the show power. I rest my case. 
So, uh, so I think what you're talking about there, right? Like what that is, is it's, it's uh, the complexity of the character or characters. Um, and then one of, one of the struggles throughout the show, which is like sometimes the lack of communication or secrecy that's had between the characters where in a lot of situations, simple communication may have solved these problems, right? Um, but that's like a real life thing. Sometimes whether in your friend group or at work, uh, sometimes simple communication would have solved the problem before it became a problem, right? Um, I think that was just what part of what made the show so interesting and exciting. Like you'd see it happening as a viewer. You're just like, oh my God, like Tommy just made this decision that's going to impact everybody. And But if you would have just told Ghost, then, you know, they could have like found a better way to handle it. Or Tasha just went and made this decision, not thinking about how that's going to impact, uh, you know, whoever else, right? Um, you know, so communication, yes, was a big part of like what made the show uh, so exciting, but yet a struggle to watch um, because they just, the characters in the show lacked it. Um, and a lot of it is because they sometimes didn't trust each other enough or they trusted each other too much. Uh, for me, what that speaks to is like character development, right? Throughout the course of the show, uh, you the show opens up and you see Ghost is like this man at the top of the hill. He has this drug empire. He has this you know, amazing uh, New York City nightclub. He has the wife and kids. Uh, he has the life that you want, right? And then throughout the course of the show, you kind of see him uh, not necessarily like take a downturn, but start to make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. He starts to compromise the people around him, compromises his business. And he's trying to like juggle all of these things in the air at once. Um, we see Tommy go through a massive growth throughout the show. Tasha's character goes through a lot of growth. What, we watched what Tariq. Growth did, what growth did Tommy have during the course of the show? Uh, I mean, Tommy, I, I feel like in the beginning of the show, Tommy was, you know, he was just this like wild, crazy, like drug dealer, right? Um, who would go off the rails at a, the drop of a dime. And what you saw Tommy. So, so that didn't change. But throughout the show, what, what did change about Tommy is he kind of escaped from underneath Ghost's uh, uh, he was seen as somewhat of like, you know, he reported to Ghost. Ghost was his boss, right? Throughout the course of the show, we saw Tommy start to take more of a leadership role uh, in their business and say, all right, Ghost, I no longer work for you. And at a point in time, he separated from Ghost when he went and started working with the Russians and Jason Mitchich. And right, uh, towards, the end of, towards the end of the show, we see Tommy just separate altogether and he's going to head out west and eventually get his own spinoff. So this is the, all of the characters. The actual, where's the actual like character? Like when you say character development, though, like, mm -hmm. like, that's not a, like that's not a character development that's just um that's just a decision that gets made but that's not like growth in an actual character right like you can you can be like oh i'm not working with this person anymore but that doesn't mean that your character has changed it's just oh hey i don't want to work with that person anymore right no, i think tommy like i mean he goes through uh, you know he falls in love he he loses the love of his life you know the relationship struggles with his best friend both ghost and tasha um the uh the loss of reina his goddaughter and like the relationship struggles he has with Tariq. um you know you you see him start to go from being just like this wild crazy single guy doing all these things to uh, i forget lala's character's name keisha um to like eventually he's about to settle down with keisha and kind of like leave that whole life alone he uh takes in her son he's you know, kind of he adopts a more yeah they when, were about to get he, married no no they were about to get married but what i'm saying is is like when did he when was he not a raging like a, a big character development to me would be going from being a raging psychopath 
drug dealer to not being that right to to to, to, well, to that to, was to, the to, nature of the like that was the nature of the business he was in that's what i'm saying had to make those you're, decisions. you're actually you're actually proving my point for me is, is that they're, they're no they're, not, they're not, not at all so the growth that he went through was going from being one thing to being the other, right? What, the what was the one he, thing to the other? The, the thing, the thing Tommy was in the beginning, he was just like this, like wild single bachelor who was a part was of this drug network. At the end of the show. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Who was a part of this drug network, right? But acting more as, you know, someone who was like reporting to ghosts towards the end of the show, Tommy was no longer like kind of like reporting up to ghosts. He was his own boss and he was a man who was about to uh, How marry is that Keisha development though. Like, uh, like, I never mind. So okay, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I will not stop the show to explain to you each individual like dynamics of like how that, how he's developed. If you can't see someone going from like, just being like this wild, crazy drug dealer who flies off the rails and you know, blah, 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 to being someone who's now become their own boss and someone's about to like settle down and get married. And he's becoming a father figure to this young boy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I think you just don't want to see it. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like what power has over the wire is every single character along the way has had growth you know, whether it's Tariq, Ghost, Tommy, Tasha, yeah. uh, Angela developed along the way so much so that like, you had very strong right. feelings about each and every one of these characters. So, so Whereas for, in The Wire, at the end of the show, the only characters you really cared about mm-hmm. uh, were Stringer Bell, who died in, I think, in like season whoa, two or whoa, three. Whoa, whoa, hey, slow down. All right. Oh, my Let's bad. Calm down here. <laughs> uh, so Stringer Bell, who was played by Idris Elba, um, you know, Omar is like my favorite character throughout the entire show. Um, and Avon Barksdale. Like, that's it. Like just those three guys. Fair and, enough. and really, really, the show boils down to just Omar. Fair enough. Um, OK, so and we can wrap this up uh, because I know we're running a long time as far as getting to the other topics. But OK, so like when I when I'm saying like character development, right, like I, I haven't watched all of the wire, so I can't really tell you what the character arcs for each, each character are, which is why I was saying this is my 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 knock is more against power than it is an endorsement of the wire like uh so so i will take a show that that i did watch from getting to breaking bad right um so you have walter white right who at the beginning of the show he's this meekish professor who basically everybody fucking clowns um whether it's his wife or his neighbor or whoever right they they all fucking clown him right uh to being this at the end of the show he's this fucking badass drug dealer who uh uh who doesn't take any shit from anybody in fact he goes as far as to say that um um i'm uh, i'm not in the danger i am the danger right um that's like character development right like what tommy or really anybody else on power does is not like they just their scenarios change but they themselves haven't changed and that's what i mean by like character development but fair enough we can uh maybe agree to disagree i think you just tried to define character development for yourself it doesn't mean like that characters can only develop in one way i think walter white went through a certain went through a development and tommy went through his own but just no no no, i'm I'm saying uh, what i'm what i'm saying you're you're right. Different people can develop different ways. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is ultimately Tommy's decisions never really change from day one to the end. There, there really wasn't anything about his character that said at the beginning of the show, like it'd be different if he was at the beginning of the show, he was like, um, he was like, I'm never going to like settle down and I'm never going to love anybody. And it, it wasn't that really wasn't really like that wasn't really even mentioned at the beginning of the show. You saw that, OK, like Tommy's a single dude. But you never really like that was never really like a point of his character is, is that he can't love. Right. It's that he didn't have love like uh, supposedly Ghost did. Right. 
but that was never really like a part of like the defining part of his character the defining part of tommy's character was that he was just a raging psychopath killer who just would fucking kill anybody at the drop of a hat that doesn't that didn't change from day one to the last to the last show that they had that's all i'm saying um but you know uh we'll let the audience decide on this one uh, uh so so yeah uh you guys tell us man um what did you what did you guys what do you what show did you guys think was the better drug dealer show was it the wire or was it power need your comments in the comment section below let us fucking know where you guys are at with that shit uh moving on unless you had, did you have any last words no 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 i think we covered it i think power is clearly the better show but yes leave your comments in the comment section below <laughs> all right uh moving on um all right man uh we got a new trailer this week man uh somehow this got greenlit i don't I, what was like the pitch meeting for this like look guys i know i know the first one wasn't that great but guys i swear if, if you just let us get in the booth one more time <laughs> all right we can make a hit for you uh that's pretty much i feel like what the conversation to get venom 2 made uh uh went uh because the first one uh didn't care for it all that much but uh but we get a trailer nonetheless for venom 2 uh also known as venom let there be carnage uh this is directed by andy uh, uh circus uh written by kelly uh marcel uh star- starring tom hardy of course michelle williams woody harrelson and naomi harris this is due out in theaters on september 24th of this year should we just jump right into it i think we should let's, let's do it let's do it all right venom let there <sighs> Listen, be carnage i'm already fucked you know i'm not already fucking tired of this trailer <laughs> started <Fair> <laughs> The first movie left such a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how you feel after this. I say either. You guys say either. I say neither, and I say neither, neither, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Ta-da! Catch up. Excuse me. Yummy. Good evening, Eddie. Hey, Mrs. Chen. Good evening, Venom. Function hall, Mrs. Chen. He says hi. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. <laughs> I mean, thinking about you, Eddie. Because you and I are the same. Every decision we ever make. Who do we leave behind? How do we leave them? Waiting in the darkness for the rescuer who never comes. Welcome back, Eddie Brock. It's been a long time. Miss you so much. Come chaos. 
soon come. Chocolate delivery hasn't arrived yet. No! We had a deal. What's gonna happen? You gonna stop protecting me? I am happy to eat, Mrs. Chen! No, no, you cannot eat, Mrs. Chen. What? Nothing. Um, alright, alright. Was... It looks better than the first one. Um, but that's what I thought about the trailer when I watched the first one. I was like, oh, it looks good. And then the movie sucked. And this looks decent, but you know, I feel like I feel like they're gonna f- whatever way they could find to fuck it up. I feel like they will, and they have. They just made the trailer look pretty good. Yeah. So I still have the same problem with. Uh, so I have the same problem um, with the trailer that I did basically the entire the movie for uh, the first Venom, which is there really wasn't like. Uh, the plot was so thin that it literally like just got in the way, like because the, because of the specific lack of a plot um, or, or one that was like even like remotely like entertaining or like mysterious or, or whatever the case is uh, that got in the way of enjoying like all the venom CGI, all the conversation between venom and Eddie, like because like it was just, there just like was no thought process that went into the plot. That's why like, I really hated the movie. And with this, it doesn't leave anything for inspiration. It'd be different if they took this, like if they like started with like, you know, um, like how Cassidy like got into the um, uh, like how he got how he got as crazy as he did. Right. Like if they started it from like that perspective or if they took some angle that was like unique. But we got like no uniqueness out of this. This is just a whole bunch of shots of him saying it started with like a fucking 30 second montage of him making breakfast as venom and it's just like well is that what we're here for like is that all we're here for is just to see him and venom like squabble like you know roommates is that yeah that's that's why we're gonna <laughs> pay our money to to go into the theater and, and watch this um yeah uh, and, and maybe the movie will kind of like give us a bit more background but yeah to your point i think like the first venom movie uh it was just like oh there was a uh spirit airlines flight accident and then like now there are symbiotes on like earth or something like that like they didn't really explain like why all these things happened right and they were just like oh like this guy brock turner or is that his name brock turner no that's the kid uh, who raped the raped the girl yikes. fuck that kid yikes uh no, yeah, yeah, no fuck, brock. fuck brock turner yeah. Yeah, yeah if any if any of you remember who brock turner is just remember fuck that kid yeah. um eddie brock uh, so there was just like, oh, like something happened in New York. And now he's living in L.A. But like they didn't really explain like what happened. Right. Uh, so like with Woody Harrelson's character, uh, what's his name? Cassidy. Uh, uh, damn it. I forget what his first name is. Something Cassidy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I hope they do his character justice by explaining like why he's this like crazy deranged guy. What his problem is with Eddie Brock. Um, and, you know, what the issue is between Carnage and Venom, right? Like Cletus, they're both symbiotes. Cletus Cassidy. Was Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope this does a better job at like telling the story of like all right, why these things are happening, why all these people have confrontation. Um, tells a little bit of backstory, which the first movie did not. But if they follow the same formula as they did with the first movie, I, I, I don't I don't expect that to happen. So um, yeah. we're probably seeing for a lot of like ridiculous, wild, unexplained action and. 
you know, some funny moments here and there. And that's about it. Yeah. And, 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 and one would might think that like, that's only going to be expanded upon like the whole, just like mindless action of it because of the nature of Cletus Cassidy that he, like, and I, and I just got through watching, um, I, I rewatched the entire, uh, spider-man animated series from the from the 90s um and uh and when it came time for for um um cletus Cat, uh, or carnage um they, they didn't explain it a whole lot but they at least like explained a little bit of like how he went crazy and um and and how we got to where we got to with him and why he he was so attracted both the both the symbiote as well as why he was so attracted to the to, to having this power um whereas like i feel like for this one we're just going to just it it really is just going to be kind of a rehash we're just going to run it back <laughs> run the same play as we did with the first movie which is i don't know something happened uh spirit airlines uh symbiotes uh eddie brock and venom and then that's the movie and uh, i just i don't know it feels like there's just there's more interesting places we can go to with this, but I, I don't feel like they're going to go there, but we'll see. I guess we we'll yeah. wait until September. Um, it, it, it's like one of those things that like could have been great, but it started bad. So it's only going to get worse. You know, yeah. like that's all I can really see Dude, happening what, from here. What movie was terrible with the first movie, but then like the second movie was like, nah, this is where it's at fam. And I don't mean like a, the uh batman begins and uh uh the dark knight right uh because the yeah. first ba- uh, batman begins wasn't a bad movie it's just that the dark yeah. knight was just that much better um yeah i'm talking about a movie that was utter trash with the first one and then the second one was just like yo this is fire like who's who's had an epic comeback like that i can't i can't tell you one I offhand you one. i can't think of one yeah um some might say you know uh uh the first Captain America movie was trash, but then like uh, oh, the second Captain America, that might be a good one. That might be a good one. But I, but you know, I will say it wasn't like it wasn't the first Captain America wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't. What was the second Captain Venom America? Was it was that Winter the Winter Soldier? That was, that was Winter Soldier. Yeah, fire, absolute fire. Uh, yeah, I, I think that might be you know uh, uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight type of situation where like the first Captain America in my beginning like was good because you know it told the captain america story and it set everything up right and then the winter soldier was just fucking incredible so you look back at the first one you're like oh it wasn't that good but it it, it was a good movie um it was, it was an okay movie i would i yeah. i don't know if i'd go as far as saying that the first captain america was it was it was a good movie i feel like it was okay it was all right i think i mean if you look at like like uh, so many things happened to that movie that led to like what all the things that happen next. I mean, Red Skull being in, you know, the the final story. And like, you look at where he started and where he ended, uh, you know, this, a lot of really interesting, complete storytelling that happened there. And a lot of it started with the first Captain America um, movie. Yeah. But there's, Uh, you know, something can start, we can start anything, right? But does that mean yeah. that the first one was really like I don't know, I don't know. But, yeah. So I mean, it, so that's an example, but I don't know if it's the truest example because I wouldn't say that Captain America: The First Avenger was like complete trash. I'd really have to think about what movie was like. The first one was like, "Yo, fuck this entire thing," but then the second one was like, "Yo, this is I want more of this." Yeah, uh, we may have to follow up on that on our next show. Yeah, where my heart wants to go is to be like, all right, Terminator. But no, the first Terminator movie is actually really good. Um, yeah, T two was just that much better. Then I want to exactly. say, um, uh, there's uh, like Rocky, right? Uh, I thought, I thought Rocky, two, actually, no, I can't even say that. Rocky one was superior to Rocky two. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's another another segment for another day, right? Yeah, um, we might have to follow up on this. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we got a uh, we got another trailer here that we're gonna check out. Uh, we already did uh a um a review of uh, a prior trailer for this. Um, uh, but it's been so long since it came out. I think that was like really at the start of the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. So the movie had obviously has not come out since then. So of course they give another uh, trailer because the movie's about to come out theoretically, assuming that there's no other uh, <laughs> uh, worldwide um, <laughs> uh, disasters that happen. Uh, but uh, we get another trailer for uh, the green Knight, starring uh, Dev Patel um, to give you guys a little bit of a background on this uh on this film uh so this is uh it's it's a, it's a fantasy retelling of the medieval medieval story of sir gawain uh gawain gawain i don't know uh and the green knight uh this is directed by david larry written by larry as well of course like i mentioned starring uh, dev patel as well as uh alicia uh viklander uh, vikander uh joel uh edgerton edgerton i believe that's how you pronounce his name um and then uh sarita shadri uh and this is due out in july in theaters in july on july 30th uh of course this year uh let's just jump right into the shit man let's get into the green knight trailer number two let's do it friends brothers and sisters Who can regale me and my queen with some myth? For tale. Oh, greatest of kings, let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be deep. This looks good. I like it. I like it. Yo, dude, I don't even know. I still don't, I don't know, know what the, the fuck, fuck it was the about. Story is about. I, just, uh, I, just, I have I'm, no idea. 
<laughs> I like I, I was trying to read up about it. And apparently, like, there's like a poem from like way back in the day. And, you know, it had to do with this um, with this sort of like, uh, uh, I don't know, like this, this, this dude who would test like knights. Um, and like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was about. I was trying to read up about it. Didn't really understand it. Um, I don't know what the fuck this is, but this shit looks tight, dude. Uh, Def Patel looks, looks fucking amazing. hard in it, dude. Um, it, it, David Lowry, he did a movie uh, called, um, uh, oh man, what was it called? Ghost something, um, Ghost Story. He did, uh, he did a movie called Ghost Story. It was with uh, Casey Affleck and um, 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 uh, Rooney, uh, Rooney Mar. Is that who is from um, 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 Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, Rooney Mar. Um, and so, uh, and I absolutely adore that movie. I thought I thought it was a fucking fantastic movie. Um, so I, I respect his filmmaking abilities, and I don't. Again, this looks like a wild fucking ride, but it looks like it's fucking going to be fun, dude. Um, or at least just mysterious and just it just it looks ah. Eight twenty four. You might have another one. I can't even pinpoint like exactly what I like most about this movie. It had like this like dark, eerie, but like you know, exciting, like Knight's Tale, but like fantastical at the same, you know, kind of like what you, what you might get from like Lord of the Rings, right? But like yeah. um, maybe just somewhat slightly more rooted in like a, like a more realistic story. Um, and it looks like you're going to get a pretty good amount of action in this too. Uh, there's so many things I liked about this trailer. Uh, who knows if this movie is going to be good, but like from what I've seen here in this first two trailers for this film, stellar project uh where is this going to be featured again is this going to be in some like some in theaters or yeah some, i believe some, like, this dumb is going shit? To be theaters fuck uh, <laughs> yeah dude, i may I, I may have to go and uh you know find some like weird ass never- theater <laughs> <laughs> no that's what I, that's, I, i'm only gonna go to, go to theaters where like i have to find like a friend who works at a movie theater that i trust and like yo is that shit really clean like you guys aren't doing any weird shit right and then maybe i'll go see this in theaters yeah um look man i i before seeing this trailer or before uh remembering that this movie was coming out i was like ah there's really nothing else outside of dune that i really need to go to the theaters for everything else just strictly wait till it's on uh video on demand um this movie i don't know i can i can be persuaded with this uh to to, to hop out uh, into theaters with this one um because it just looks like a weird fucking story and dev patel looks fucking awesome in it um uh it's you know at least from some of the cast that i was seeing it's got a really good cast the director i trust at least to to some degree i i liked his, his 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 one movie a lot i don't know man i might i might have to make some audibles on this one and 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 might be uh maybe maybe try to uh uh, head to the theaters with this. Uh, I don't know. That's what I. That's what we thought of uh, the Green Knight trailer too. You guys, let us know in the comment section below what the fuck you think about the trailer, um, dude. We might be doing one more, maybe two stories if we're lucky. Definitely wanted to get to this one though. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Sometimes you've you've got you've got friends that are life enduring, right? They go through everything together, thick, thin, everything together, right? You got your day one, your bestie. I you, I know you got a, you got a bestie. You know, I'm sure somebody at some point in your life, you're just like, nah, this is my, this is my main one. You know, if everything else shuts down, this is my, this is the one, right? That that is going to stand with me, and I'm going to stand with till the very end. And then you're really tested. <laughs> Shit happens, right? Shit goes sideways, and you're like, oh. I don't really bang with what that person did. The question becomes, should you still rock with that person or not? Henceforth, 
we have, and I, I don't even know why henceforth is the, the, the word to use there, but uh, we have the case of James Franco and Seth Rogen. They're in all the movies together. They pretty much came up at the same time. Um, and they have a long storied history. They did, you know, countless movies together, like, uh, not countless. There's definitely, you can count how many movies they did together. Uh, but they were in, um, uh, the show, uh, freaks and geeks together. They were in, um, uh, uh, pineapple express was, I think one of their more recent acts, uh, along with, uh, what was the movie? The, uh, the interpreter, what was the movie that they came out with? That was like, they pissed all of like North Korea off with, uh, cause the uh, disaster. No, it was. So they've done a few movies like the interview sausage party, the disaster artist and pineapple express. Like I can't think of any others. It, it was like, what was that? It was that the interview. What was it? The interview was with, uh, was it with like, uh, Charlize Theron? No, that, no, I, don't, that I don't know. I, I think way. she was in that um, movie as well. Yeah. I, either way. Um, so, you know, they've done all these movies together and then, um, of course, uh, James Franco, uh, comes out that he might be a little bit of a sleazebag, uh, uh, just to put it very, very mildly. Um, but he's been hit with a lot of different accusations from people that he's, he's, uh, I think it was like, uh, people that he had involved in like an acting course or something like that, that came out with like allegations against him that he basically pressured them into doing shit with him. Um, and, uh, and so Seth Rogen, who we, we don't hear anything like that, you know, about Seth Rogen, but of course they're best, you know, or at least they were best friends. Um, he's had to answer for a lot of those things because, Hey, this is your, this is your, this is your, um, day one. Right. So, you know, are you going to speak on that? Or are you just going to like let that shit slide? And so, um, Rogan for a while, he either made light of it or he was just mum on it. Um, but he recently came out and I'll, I'll read some of the words that he said, um, in an interview with Britain's, uh, Sunday times, uh, the 39 year old actor revealed that his personal and professional relationship with Franco has been affected by the accusations made against the latter. In 2014 and 2018, he said, uh, what I can say is that I despise abuse and harassment and I would never uh, cover or conceal the actions uh, of someone doing it um, uh, or knowingly put uh, someone in a situation where they uh, they were around uh, someone like that. Um, and so uh, and he was he was uh, there asked this because I think an actress that they both work with, um, uh, uh, Charlene. Uh, Yi, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but um, where she basically was just like, because she was in, um, I remember, uh, do you remember Knocked Up? Yes. She she was uh, the person, like, she was like the woman who's like always high. Uh, if, I forget who she was like her counterpart there, but she was just like fucking always like stoned and just saying like wild shit uh, at random points uh, in, in Knocked Up. Um, but she came out and was just like, yeah, this dude's a fucking sleazebag and everybody fucking knows it. And Seth Rogen's like enabling him. Um, and so look, there are many different ways we can go with this, but I feel like there's only one way you can go with it. Uh, what happens when your day one bestie gets jammed up with some shit that you know is foul and not, not so, even like just, just like, you know, banged up with like the cops and like, Oh man, they got jammed up. Cause like they were smoking weed, but like shit that you were just like, nah, this is fucked up. Like what do yeah. you do? What's the, what's the, move? so, so as far as I understand right now, uh, a total of like five women have come out and accused him of like sexual misconduct. Um, uh, I believe like specific to like a time dating back to like 2018. Right. Um, as of right now, and, and I'm not like a, um, 
you know, relieving him of like any guilt or wrongdoing. But as of right now, as far as we understand, these are allegations. Um, and this is like an ongoing thing. I think more information is going to come out look, as time look, goes on. Look, right. Matt, Matt so, Gates has allegations against him, but we know that nigga did something. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think five women are going to come out and accuse you of something. And like, you did nothing at all. Right. Um, I think there has to be some type of like guilt or wrongdoing here. Um, Maybe his wrongdoing was simply like using his status or his position to like, um, maybe not even force, but like to like guilt or pressure these women into situations that like they want, they didn't want, to actually be in they just felt pressured into it and maybe that was all he did not saying that's something small but maybe that's it right um either way we don't know uh but to answer your question what do you do when your day one catches like you know um catches you know something like this an allegation or charge like this i think you do what seth rogan has has done um you know his comment was you know uh, the truth is that i do not and uh, so i have not and do not plan on it right now and that it being like working with james franco um you know if let's say you caught a charge next week i'm going to be like yo tunde like you know figure that shit out you know once once more information comes out you figure that shit out uh don't you, maybe don't you put that on me ricky bobby <laughs> maybe we can continue to work together maybe we have to part our separate ways no love loss i don't hate you but like the situation that you're in right now i just can't be involved in i'm gonna i'm gonna take a back seat on this one um because if you did something wrong then i can't support you or, the, or this friendship um so to be honest this is kind of a non-story because uh seth rogan didn't say anything like crazy like fuck james franco i hate the guy I, you know i wish he i hope he burns in hell you know he didn't say you know yes he deserved to die and i hope he burns in hell right if he said something like that i'd be like oh that's a little bit heavy but all he said was like Yo, i don't really plan to work with him right now and towards the end of the article he's also no. quoted as saying like you know this is a difficult situation for the people involved i have no pity for myself um and he, he says in quote it has changed many things in our relationship and our dynamic but like it's not like he completely wrote off their friendship like yo fuck this dude i never want to see him again no i, th- I think that that's no i think it's it's pretty uh, like forget about like the question we're asking but like it just just about th- those two that's pretty significant in in terms of it's it's almost like an indictment of James Franco, even though he hasn't actually, you know, I don't, to my knowledge, I I don't know if any formal charges have been filed against him. Sure enough, he hasn't been found guilty of anything yet in a court of law. Right. Um, And so, uh, uh, at least to my knowledge. um, uh, So with Rogan backing away from them, it is basically like, he's basically saying yeah that nigga did some shit you know uh and i know enough to know that i need like if you heard something about your friend right and you kind of did your research and you found out like nah like this shit ain't real you know like you know you're not gonna like back one would think if this is like your lifelong friend you guys came up together one would think you wouldn't just be like i'm gonna back off him you know i'm not gonna work with him you know you would think that at least somewhat you would somewhat endorse the person be like, look, uh, there's allegations out there. Um, to my knowledge, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think that there's, there's, um, there's enough to, 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 you know, uh, indict him in, in, in the public view. Um, and you know, uh, if a project does come up, then I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that then. But when it the story is, no, nah, I'm not working with that nigga. <laughs> like, like, 
like that that's 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 with you having knowledge enough of the situation to be like no there's enough of something here to be like not only am i hedging my bets but i just in general i'm just going to back away from you because i know no the reality is what he said was um uh he's the actual quote was that like you know when he asked like would you work with uh him again he said uh the truth is that i have not and do not plan to right now he said i'm not working with him right now doesn't mean that he's never going to work with him again or there's not like an opportunity to work together in the future he's just like right now there's isn't no plans to work with him and i isn't that worse because that's basically saying um he's too hot to touch right now and yeah. uh Bro, right. if you caught a charge tomorrow and somebody was like, hey, do you plan on recording the podcast with Tune Day? I'm like, yo, listen, I'm not working with Tune Day right now. <laughs> now no, for <laughs> that's I would I would say the same thing you about dirty you. Bastard. You no, listen, you I, I would dirty, say the same thing about you that no Seth Rogen good, is saying right here. Listen, dirty, I have no, no plans to record with Tune Day right now or bitch. tomorrow. But <laughs> <laughs> like next month will bring if he's <laughs> you disloyal. Bitch made <laughs> Jake. Um, I, I think I think he is uh, making the right uh, move, and, and I would imagine that James Franco also understands this comment. Like, dude, like you're 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 kind of hot right now. I can't be. I'm not jumping in the water with you. There's sharks in there that may come for you. I got to stay on a boat on this one. You know. Uh, I hope you find your way out. I hope there's no wrongdoing here. For anybody who was hurt you know, by your actions or just in general. Um, I hope that they find, uh, you know, solace and, and, you know, they, they, they gain justice that they deserve, but like, I can't fuck with you right now. Yeah. I, I think that's different if you're just talking about that on the podcast. And leave the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't incriminate all of us. <laughs> yeah. You're bullshit. Um, I'm not going to catch a Rico on this one. <laughs> um, look, I, I can see if you're saying that, like just in general, but he, he was saying also too, that their personal relationship has clearly taken a hit through all this. Look, if, if you really are for your dude and you're just like, ah, let's let this shit cool down. Then you're going to be like, nah, he's still my dude. But look, man, right now we don't have any plans to work together. You know, maybe let's see what happens in the future. Right. But he, the combination of him being like, yeah, we're kind of, the relationship is a little rocky right now. Um, along with, uh uh along with yeah i don't plan uh i don't we we're not working together right now we don't have any plans to nah both of them shits is like nah this nigga this nigga did some shit i ain't fucking with him uh that's them over there uh don't 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 come barking up my tree i just like to smoke weed that's that's what yeah. seth rogan so, stance is so so you so you know why though it's because like what seth rogan actually said again is i have no plans to work with him right now and you but he knew that when the article was written it would say and this is the title of the article here on cnn it would say seth brogan says he has no plans to work with james franco again they didn't add in the right now they put again um so the article headline seems definitive but his actual comments just say like hey like not right now um right but which I'm, I'm is, saying which, is common, which is fair the, the combination of you're right and I'm, I'm not taking that away from you but what i am saying is the combination of that as well as him saying flat out like yeah like our personal relationship isn't doing well right now that's not like a that's not like a that's not like a all right we'll just see what happens in the future that's a 
nah, like we're, we're basically on the outs right now. Like, you know, he did some fucked up shit. I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I'm cooling off of him, you know, and, you yeah. know, and, and, and the, like, you're right. That's what you say to journalists and reporters, but like, you know, at the end, uh, you know, when you send that text message, you're like, bro, listen, we, you know, are we still playing cards tonight? That's, but that's what I he's bet. saying. He's saying, fuck that text message. <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, their, their personal relationship isn't, isn't, uh, you know, it's, it's not doing too well. Yeah, that's what we thought about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. At least that's what A-Rod thought. But, you know, <laughs> then there's the trip to Montana. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think A-Rod was out of the picture uh, at that point. But uh, fair enough. Uh, look, do we have time for one more? Or should we wrap this up? Um, you know what? Unfortunately, uh, I, I, I got to jump off. I got another engagement here. Um uh, but, you know, shout out to, to Tom Cruise. Uh, we can mention it really quickly. Uh, so sh- Tom Cruise made some like um, really like interesting decisions, uh, you know, and decisions made, uh, you know, for, for, for the good. Um, he's on the right side of he's been on the bad side of a lot of shit. But um, the story that we're talking about is uh, recently Tom Cruise has decided, I believe he returned three of his Golden Globe trophies um, due to uh, an extreme lack of diversity, um, which uh, has come out uh, for the uh, what is it? The. The fucking what is the uh, H, you know, what is the HFPA? Oh, Hollywood uh, Foreign Press or. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, I think it's it's what it's called. So, yeah. um, you know, 87 members, all of them just happen to be white. There are no African-Americans represented in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I don't know if it's that they're white. It's just that none of them are black. Is, so there could be other yeah. ethnicities in there. That, that might be more accurate. Yeah. Uh, so when, in light of that, he decided to return three of his Golden Globes trophies and saying, hey, you know what? If, if, if that is how this organization is going to be shaped out, I no longer want to be a part of this. I don't want your trophies, no. uh, which says a lot. And I think it says a lot about like some of the, uh, you know, the value and the legitimacy of these like organizations and these award shows um, that are uh, year after year taking a downward spiral. And like they're, they're just not as important as they used to be. Nah, fuck all that shit. Uh, if you had told me like last year he did this or the year before he, th- he did that, then cool. Like I'd be like, oh, go Tom Cruise. But literally everybody's jumping ship at the same exact fucking time. So I can't, I can't give you credit if you're just riding the wave of everybody, everybody else. This comes on the heels of NBC saying that they're not even going to show the fucking show uh next year um and i don't even give them fucking credit because the ratings dropped uh 63 from last uh the, in 2020 the ratings dropped from 2019 63 and they they spend 60 million dollars on this show so i can't fucking yeah. give you guys credit if it drops 63 and you're spending 60 million and you're like oh, i'm gonna get, i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna give tom a little bit of credit on this Fuck one that shit. um you know he may maybe some don't i do i think he might be on the right side of this thing so um no he's anyway. on the right side i'm just saying i'm not giving him that much credit but uh last yeah i mean just a little bit of credit yeah. we're not giving him like uh, you know yeah. we're, he didn't ace the test just a little bit of extra credit um yeah. so anyway uh that's our show for tonight um to all of our uh listeners uh Day after day, week after week. Uh, I don't know who's listening day after day. But uh, if you are one of those people, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Dude, this is a great show. This is a fun show. I like talking about that Jennifer Lopez shit. Uh, Shout out to Ben Affleck, by the way. (laughs) All right. Uh, If you fuck with us, man, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that share button. Uh, And uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll be seeing you all uh, at some other point in time, ladies and gentlemen. Till then, we'll hit the usual fucking protocol. Fade out. Peace the fuck out, ladies and gentlemen. Deuces!